All right, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles uh, to John chapter 13. Uh, John chapter 13, and we're going to begin at verse 34 this morning. John chapter 13, beginning at verse 34. While you're uh, turning there, let me just say that today uh, we're beginning a new message series entitled Love, uh, I'm sorry, One Another. And uh, in in the Bible, there are several dozen um, of these one another verses. And let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, Forgive one another, uh, bear with one another, uh, be kind to one another. And like I said, there's several dozen of these in Scripture. In this series, we're going to be looking at six of these uh, one another verses. And uh, don't worry, we're not going to do the one that says, greet one another with a holy kiss. All right, we're not going to do that one. But um, so we're going to look at six of these um, one another verses. And uh, as we get started today, uh, here's what I want you to, uh, to think about. Um, there, there was this husband and wife, and um, they, they were just having a hard time loving one another, all right? Their, their love for one another was quickly fading. Um, the husband, he didn't really want to work. He just, he wanted to, to make money the easy, quick way. He was always buying lottery tickets. He just, he just wanted to make the quick, easy buck. And uh, the, the wife wanted him to get a, you know, a nice job, good income. And, um, you know, finally the wife just had enough and she, she divorced him. And a couple of weeks after the divorce, the wife sent a, a letter to her, what would be her ex-husband. And, and this is what the letter says, the girl, dearest Donald. No words could express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking our marriage. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Maria. P.S. Congratulations on winning the lottery. Um, so today our, our topic is, is love, All right, and, and we're going to talk about um, you know, how we're to love one another, and we're, we're going to talk about our struggles with, with loving one another. And so let's, let's go ahead and read our text for today, John chapter 13, beginning at verse 34, if you will stand for the reading of God's word. A new commandment I give to you, so that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You may be 
seated. So again, the, the theme for today, love one another. And uh, there are some uh, sermon notes in the, uh, in the worship folder. I, I would encourage you to take those uh, sermon notes out and uh, follow along uh, with the outline this morning. There's three things that we want to talk about today. All right, here's point number one, uh, the priority of love. All right, let's deal with that first. Point number one, the priority of love. All right, make sure you have that. The priority of love. Now, let, let's look again at, at verse 34 and in and, and, and verse 35. Look at what it says. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, the setting for John chapter 13 is the Last Supper. All right, Jesus is having the Last Supper with his disciples. Jesus is about to be arrested. Jesus is about to be crucified. And so really here in, in John 13, in the next few chapters, these are Jesus' final teachings to his disciples, all right, and in this this subject of loving one another was very important to Jesus, all right. Three times in these two verses, Jesus repeats that command: love one another, all right. And I'm going to read it one more time, and you might want to underline every time you see that phrase, love one another. Verse 34 again, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So three times Jesus repeats that command in, in these two verses, all right? And you know, if something is repeated over and over and over again, it's probably important, all right? And we don't just see this new command repeated here in John chapter 13. We also see it repeated again in John 15, all right? I want you to flip over a couple of chapters to verse 15, and I want you to look at uh, verse number 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then look at verse 17. These things I command you so that you will love one another. And so here is Jesus. These are really the final teachings to his disciples. And we see this new command. Love one another, repeated over and over and over again. And, and again, I want to remind you, if something is repeated, it's important. Right? This, this idea that we're to love one another, it was important to Jesus. All right? It took priority in his final teachings. And so, you know, I got to thinking, why was this so important? Why was this so important to Jesus that he repeats it over and over and over again? Why is this so important? Well, well think of it like this. All right. Um, 
hate is, is really the opposite of love, all right? And, uh, you know, we use that word hate, you know, all the time to, to describe things that, that we don't like, all right? For example, um, how many of you hate yeah, spam phone calls from telemarketers, all right? Yeah, yeah, we're all there. And look, yesterday, and look, yesterday morning, before I could wake up, all right, before I could get out of bed, before I could wake up, I had like five text messages from people running for state offices reminding me that it was, you know, go vote, vote for my candidate. All right, I had five of those before I even got up yesterday morning. And again, not from local people, they're state people running for state offices. I mean, but man, we hate spam phone calls. And then, you know, there's certain foods that we hate, all right? I, I can remember as a kid hating broccoli, all right? Now, I like broccoli now, but as a kid, I, I hated broccoli, all right? Um, I hate mayonnaise, all right? I, I, I really have a hatred for mayonnaise, all right? Um... I can remember when my kids were small and I would have to fix sandwiches, um, you know, put, put mayonnaise, and I, I don't even like to, I don't even like to look at mayonnaise, all right? I don't even like to get the spoon out of the mayonnaise jar, all right? That's how much I hate mayonnaise, all right? And then, uh, you know, kind of public enemy number one in Louisiana is this guy. Everybody around here hates Nick Saban, all right? So anyway, you know, hate is a word that, that you know, it's the opposite of love. It's, it's a word that, that you know, we, we use all the time to describe things we don't like. So, so here's the deal, all right? Um, the Jews at the time of Jesus, and look, I, I don't have any nice way to say this, and so I'm just going to say it, um, the Jews... They had become a people of hatred. I, I, there's no nice way to say that. But in New Testament times, the Jews had become a people of hatred. All right? you know, they had been commanded in the Old Testament, love, one, uh, love your neighbor. But the Jews had a very restricted idea of loving your neighbor. They believed that that meant love your fellow Jews and you pretty much could hate everyone else. And then Jesus comes along, and Jesus says, all right, the two greatest commandments in the Old Testament, love God and love your neighbor. And somebody asked Jesus, well, who's your neighbor? And Jesus taught that your neighbor was everyone. All right, and Jesus used a story to illustrate that point. It was the story of the Good Samaritan. And by the way, the Jews hated Samaritans. All right, you can read the New Testament, and, and you can see on the page of the New Testament, the Jews hated the Samaritans. All right, so Jesus tells this story about a, a, a Jewish man uh, who gets robbed, he's hurt, and the Good Samaritan is the hero. He's the one that helps the hurt man when Jewish people cast him by. And Jesus ends the story, you know, who's your neighbor? You know, it's the Samaritan. 
the people they hated. All right, and so the point of that story, you know, we're to love everyone. But again, the Jews, time of the New Testament, they were a people of hate. They hated Samaritans. They hated Gentiles. All right, they had become a people of hatred. And so Jesus is telling his followers, hey, it's not going to be like that with you. You're not going to be a people of hatred. You're going to be a people of love. And, and can I just say, um, that is an important teaching in our culture today. Our culture is filled with hatred. On average, 93 Americans die of gun violence every single day. Uh, the day I happened to, to be working on this sermon, um, I, I caught a, a, a CNN uh, news headline that there was a, a shooting in Germany near a synagogue and two people were killed. All right? We live in a world of hatred. And, and we see that hatred played out every single day on television, on radio, in newspapers, in social media. And look, if you want to see the hate in this world, go read Facebook for about 10 minutes. That's all it takes. All right, we live in a world of hatred. And so, as followers of Jesus, we're to be a pocket of love in a world filled with hatred. Like we're to be a pocket of love. And so, loving one another, loving people, um, it, it's got to be a priority for us. If, if it was important to Jesus, it's got to be important to us. Um, look at a verse uh, in your sermon notes. Um, I think we've got it up on the wall. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. Uh, look at this verse. Uh, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. All right, without love, we are nothing. All right, so that's the priority of love. All right, let's move on. Point number two, the pattern of love. Make sure you've got that. Point number two, the pattern of love. Of love. All right, make sure you have that before we move on. The pattern of love. So uh, let's go back to, to verse 34, John chapter 13, verse 34. Uh, look, at, look at this verse again. Look at what it says uh, A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. And then look at this next phrase. Just as I have loved you. Alright, so Jesus becomes the model. He becomes the pattern by which we are to love each other. Alright, and, and I want to I point out real quick three ways that Jesus loves us. Alright. And this is A, B, and C uh, in your sermon notes under point number two, all right? 
And look, I'm going to fly through these, all right? Uh, A, selfless. All right, Jesus' love for us is selfless. Uh, William Barclay said this, Even in the, in the noblest of human loves, there remains an element of self. But not so with Jesus. All right, because look at this next verse in your sermon notes. It was a little lengthy to put up on the wall. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Look at these verses in your sermon notes. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the very form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had become as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of uh, to death on a cross. And so in, in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, we see the selfless love of Jesus. He emptied himself. He became a servant. He humbled himself to the point of death. Barclay said this, Jesus never thought of himself. His one desire was to give himself and all he had for those he loved. Jesus' love for us was selfless. Look at B. B is sacrificial. All right, make sure you got that. B is sacrificial. All right, Jesus' love for us is sacrificial. And, and to see the sacrificial love of Jesus, all we have to do is look to the cross. Jesus loved us so much that he gave his very life. He died for us on the cross. Right? That is sacrificial love. And then C is steadfast. Right? Make sure you've got that. Three ways to describe Jesus' love for us. Selfless, sacrificial, and steadfast. Now, if you go back to verse 34, that phrase, um, as I have loved you, uh, that word loved uh, in, in the Greek, um, that's in the durative, which means um, that Jesus' love for us is constant. It is without end. Jesus' love for us is unconditional. Jesus loves us no matter what. His love for us is steadfast. All right, so here's the deal. Jesus' love for us, that's the model. That's the pattern by which we're to love each other. And, and we're to love each other selfless, sacrificial, and steadfast. I know what you're thinking. I, I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know if I can love other people like that. And, and, and you know what? You're right. On our own, we can't love others this way. We can't do it. But, but look at a verse in your notes. We'll put it up on the wall. Romans 5, 5. I love this verse. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit pours God's love in our hearts. 
that selfless, sacrificial, steadfast love of Jesus, the Holy Spirit pours that love in our hearts. But look at, look at the next verse in your notes, Galatians 5, 17. We'll put this one up on the wall as well. Uh, For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. They, these are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. So I want you to think of that verse like this. Um, now, in, in the past, um, you know, I've had gout, and gout is very painful. And you don't, you, you know, once you have it, you don't ever want it again. All right. And so I, I'm really careful about the kind of meat that I eat. I eat very little beef. I eat very little pork. I mainly stick to chicken. All right. Fried, grilled, bay. I mainly stick to chicken, all right? But, you know, there's always this war raging within you because, you know, there are times where you, you know, you want beef, you want pork. Let me give you an example of this. The other day I was eating lunch in Hattiesburg, and man, my, my first trip, and I was planning on this being the, my only trip through the buffet line, all right? I did good, all right? You know, fried chicken, macaroni and cheese. Mac- yeah, I, did, I did pretty good. I stayed away from the beef and the red meat and the pork. Well, I'm sitting there eating my plate, and they bring out ribs. And I was like, and again, there's this war, you know, raging within you. All right, Clay, stick to the fried chicken, play it safe, the fair's coming up. And then I could smell those ribs, all right? And you know what one? The ribs, all right? Last night, um, we were up in Jackson, a, a, a close uh, family friend had uh, passed away, and we were there for the visitation. And we went to this restaurant, and um, this restaurant in Brandon, um, my favorite thing to get there is their bacon cheeseburger. So again, I'm sitting there looking at the menu, and I'm thinking, all right, Clay, play it safe. Get the chicken strips. You've already had ribs this week. Play it safe. Don't get the hamburger. You know what I ordered? The hamburger. All right. So uh, I'm going to keep my gout meds with me this week. All right. But, you know, there's this, you know, so, you know, there's this war, you know, raging within me, you know, Monday, yesterday. That's the idea here in Galatians 5, 17. The Bible says there is a literal war raging within us between the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh says, all right, you can love, but you make sure you you get what you need, what you want out of the relationship. The flesh says, all right, you can love, but hey, let's have little to no sacrifice involved in that love. The flesh says, all right, you can can love... um, but, but put conditions on that love. I'll love you as long as you meet these certain requirements. 
what the flesh says. And, so, and the Spirit says the opposite. The Spirit is trying to get us to love like Jesus. The Spirit is saying, all right, love selflessly. Love you know, steadfastly. Love sacrificially. All right, so there's this war raging within our flesh and spirit. Who wins? Who wins? And if we're going to love each other like Jesus loved us, the Spirit has to win out. The Spirit has to win out. And too often, um, let's be honest, we, we let the flesh win. Right? Too often we let the flesh win out. All right, so let's move on. Number three. All right, the purpose of, of loving each other. All right, number three, the purpose of loving each other. Why is this so important? Let me share with you two reasons, A and B. Under point number three, A, love unifies. All right, make sure you've got that. A, love unifies. All right, love unifies. So we, we learn from Luke's account of the Last Supper that at some point in the evening, the, the disciples of Jesus they start arguing. They're arguing over who's the greatest among them. And, and of course, this argument was divisive. And, and so Jesus, you know, he steps in in the Lord's Supper. And he said, guys, you don't need to get caught up on these issues. What you need to worry about is loving each other. Because you see, love unifies. Uh, love bridges division. Love bridges differences. Love unifies and I want you to know that is a message that our church needs to hear you know we're in the middle of looking at our building needs for the future I'm gonna be honest with you an issue like that tends to be divisive everybody has their own opinions everyone has their own uh, preferences an issue like this it, it tends to be divisive and look this is an important issue it's a big decision facing our church but my bigger concern has to do with obedience and unity right and unity is going to come through love our love for God and our love for each other and that love is going to bridge division that love is going to bridge differences in opinions and preferences, right? So love unifies, and then B, we see that love identifies, all right? B, make sure you've got this, love identifies, all right? That's, the, that's B in your sermon notes under point three, love identifies and go back to, to our verse verses 34 and 35 let's look at them one more time Lewis says a new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another so Jesus is saying hey look the world is going to know that you're my followers by your love for one another. Uh, Bonhoeffer said this, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, love is the badge of Christian discipleship. It's not knowledge, it's not orthodoxy, it's not fleshly activity, 
but supremely it is love that identifies a follower of Jesus Christ. So so I want to ask you this morning, can we easily be identified by the world as followers of Jesus? Does, Does the world see our love for each other and say, hey, that person is a Christian, or are we sending mixed signals to the world? All right, let me put an image up on the wall. Um, I, I don't know how well you can see this, but um, I, I noticed this a few years ago on Facebook. Uh, a friend of mine was having a crawfish bowl, and he has a Mississippi State crawfish table. All right, so if you're going to do crawfish, hey, you might as well do it in style with a Mississippi State crawfish table. All right, but then I noticed the next picture. All right, and I'll put it up on the wall. Again, I don't know how well you can see this, but. He has a Mississippi State crawfish table, and over the crawfish table is an Ole Miss Rebel tent. All right? So that dude's sending mixed signals. I'm not sure who he roots for. I'm not sure if he's a Mississippi State fan. I'm not sure if he's an Ole Miss fan. I'm not sure if he's a really confused LSU fan. All right? My point is this. Do we send mixed signals to the world? Can the world identify us as followers of Jesus by the way we love each other? Is it our world? Are we sending mixed signals to the world? Signals of love, signals of hate. Right? Love identifies us as followers of Jesus. Um, came across this in my research for this sermon, a quote. Um, the new commandment, this new commandment, love one another, is simple enough for a toddler to memorize and appreciate. Profound enough that the most mature believers are repeatedly embarrassed at how poorly they comprehend it put it into practice. Um, Brother Solly Smith um, was a longtime pastor of this church. And uh, I can remember uh, when I got called as pastor of the church, uh, when, when Brother Solly found out, he, he made a point to come by the church. And uh, we talked in my office just for a few minutes. He said, you know, I got one piece of advice for you, Brother Solly. Love the people. Love the people. And, you know, that's not just great advice for a pastor. That is great advice for all of us. We are to love people. Love the people. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. just a moment, we're going to have a a time of invitation, a time of response, but before we do, I want to ask you, um, how's God speaking um, to your heart? Um, Maybe today you're you're sitting out there, you know, you're, 
your heart has been filled with hate and it needs to be filled with love. Maybe you need to come pray about that at the altar. Maybe you're sitting out there and You, you struggle loving certain people. Maybe you need to come to the altar and pray about that. Come pray about it now. You know, this, this sermon series is, on one of, is it's all about having deeper community. Having, building greater fellowship. Right? And, and it starts with our love for each other. How do you need to respond today? Father, we thank you for your word thankful for this this command that Jesus gave us love one another it was so important to Jesus that he repeated it over and over and over again at the last supper and uh, Father I I pray this is important to us and uh, Father sometimes we struggle uh, with our our love for each other, The, the flesh wins out so often selfishness a lack of sacrifice, and you know, we, we want to pay. We want to put conditions on our love. And uh, Father, I, I I pray that the Spirit can just have a greater influence in our lives, um, because it's it's through the Holy Spirit that that Your love is poured out in our hearts. And uh, Father, help the Spirit win. Help us overcome the flesh. Um, Father, as we come to this invitation, our desire. How you want to move. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand.